Uh, hi guys, my name is Dan. I'm one of the pastors here. Uh, it's great to be here again. I'm just sharing the word of God with you. We just finished our series on Ephesians. And uh, today we're just going to have a bit of a break and we're going to go back to our joy series. And given that it's youth service uh, today, I've, I've asked a few youth uh, just to ask this question, what brings you joy? Um, listening to music brings me joy. Finishing my last exam brings me joy. Going to youth group brings me joy. Um, my family and friends bring me joy. What brings you joy? Is it that nice cup of coffee? Uh, is it that uh, nice holiday at the beach? Or is it that really good marks for your HSC or for your exams? I can tell you what brings me joy. Uh, bubble tea. Bubble tea brings me joy. But also, I'm, uh, the other thing that brings me joy is I'm going to be able to see my baby in, in, in a few months. So my, my wife is six months pregnant. Uh, so in a few months, I'm going to see uh, my firstborn child. So that brings me joy. Uh, but, you know, as we look around the world today, uh, we see that people don't really seem to have a lot of joy on their faces, do they? Uh, and it's probably a bit hard to tell nowadays because everyone's wearing masks at the moment. You can't really tell whether they're happy or not. Uh, and some people have even tried to develop this happy mass uh, just to bring a bit of happiness and joy into the world. But this year, as we all know, it's been a joy killer. You know, with the pandemic, with the bushfires, with the economic recession, and among, amongst other things, even, you know, even the nice coffee only lasts for a few minutes. Um, and now with the restriction, we can't go anywhere for holidays. And... Our marks doesn't provide us a lasting joy. So is there anything that we can be joyful about? Uh, is there anything that we can be joyful about? Well, yes, there is. Uh, and in today's Psalms, written by David, and he says that we can be joyful, we can be happy because of God's forgiveness. Uh, we can be joyful, we can be happy because of God's forgiveness. So with that in mind, let me pray before I start. Uh, Heavenly Father, we thank you uh, that you give us joy. Uh, thank you that Jesus is the source of our joy. We pray today as we uh, hear from your word uh, that you continue to instill joy in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're going to look at Psalm 32 today, and uh, I'm going to use joy and happy interchangeably in my sermon, just for your information. But let's read from Psalm 32, verse 1. Blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered, and blessed is the one whose sins the Lord does not count against them, and in whose spirit is no deceit. You know, blessed in this context is, is, is joy, is happiness. Uh, and other translations in the Bible have translated, it, translated this as happy is the man whose disobedience is forgiven. Or other translations say, what joy for those whose sins are covered. 
So David says that the key to joy, the key to happiness, is God's forgiveness. Now, if I ask you again what brings you joy, how many of you will actually say forgiveness from God? And I suspect probably not many of you. And I think it's because we hear of this many times, uh, that it's, it's, it's a you know, basic uh, principle of Christianity that God forgives our sin, that it, it is what makes us Christian. And, you know, we all learn this in Sunday school. So let's just move on from this and learn something new. But if we do that, uh, I think we're actually missing out one of the greatest blessings uh, in our Christian life. So let's think about this carefully. Now, David here, he's describing his sins. He's describing his rebellion against God. And they were all wiped clean by God. And that's a great reason for joy for him. And he talks about his transgression. And transgression is just another word for rebelling against God, rejecting God. It's saying to God, hey, I don't need you. I don't care about what you have to say to me. You know, the Bible said the greatest commandment uh, is to love God with all your heart, soul, and mind. But if if I'm honest with myself, I don't really love God. You know, I love my job, I love my money, I love my friends and family uh, more than I love God. You know, I love spending time uh, watching things online I should be watching. I prefer binging on Netflix uh, rather than uh, spending my time Uh, in the word of God. So if I'm honest, I don't really love God with all my heart. And then God says, love your neighbor as yourself. But if I'm honest, I love myself more than I I love others. I say words that hurt. I ignore the needs of others. I care about my own image rather than others. And maybe you're watching and you're listening and you say, hey, Dan, but I'm honestly trying. I'm trying to love God. I'm trying to love people. But the thing is, our sin means that we are missing the mark, that we have all fallen short of God's glory. You know, we can try as hard as we want. We still fall short. And not only that, we are deceitful. You know, we lie about our sins. We try to cover up what we really like on the inside. And, you know, it's like trying to put a filter over our life, uh, like what you can do now with Facebook and Instagram. You can turn a gray sky into a blue sky uh, just with the filter. And I think that's what some of us do with our sins, that we cover them up and we say, yeah, it's not that bad. Or we say that that person uh, is worse than me, so I, I'm pretty good. But the cover-up doesn't work. It doesn't. It, it it won't leave David alone here. You know, his conscience won't leave him alone, uh, and he feels like he's wasting away on the inside. And he says in verse three, "When I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long." Now, if you don't know who David is, uh, David is one of the kings of Israel. He was chosen by God to be king. He was the one who defeated Goliath. Uh, But David wasn't perfect. Uh, He's committed adultery with his neighbor's wife, and then he killed her husband. And not only that, he tried to cover it up. 
but the burden of his guilt and shame, they were too great. Uh, you know, he feels like, oh, my bone is going to break. And the longer that he tried to stay silent, the more that it caused him to groan on the inside, to groan under his burden. I don't know about you, but I feel like this is such an unhappy life. And you might have this experience as well. Uh, you might have said something or done something uh, to someone in the past or even today. And you can't take it back. You feel like it's eating you away on the inside. You can't sleep. You think about it day and night. And your conscience is breaking you. Well, the truth is God is making you feeling like this. God is making us feeling like this. Uh, verse 4, For day and night your hand was heavy on me. My strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. No, God doesn't let David forget about it until he has brought it to him for forgiveness. And David, he couldn't undo what he has done. He knew that he had done wrong. He, he, he knew that he can't carry this burden himself. And he's not supposed to, and we're not supposed to. If we do that, we just start blaming ourselves. We start self-medicating with unhealthy things in our life. I know, you know, we're a Chinese church, and in an Asian culture, shame is a big thing, isn't it? You know, shame keeps us from doing the wrong thing, but shame also keeps us from exposing the wrong things that we've done. We start to pretend everything is good, uh, we try to save our face. We live a double life. You know, I've been there myself, and it, it is exhausting. It's tiring. You feel ashamed about it. You feel depressed about it. Unconfessed sins lead to a joyless life. You know, in the 1980s, there was an American artist. He, he developed this uh, phone line uh, known as the Apology Line, and, and he, he created this so that people can call in and confess confess, give their confession. And people will call in and what they have to do, they have listened to a brief recording on the phone, on the answering machine, and then they can start getting things off of their chest. And hundreds of people called in and add a confession each day. And the organizer of this phone line said uh, that some even share things they haven't shared with anyone else for 20 to 30 years. And yet, the organizer couldn't do anything because they were not therapists. And they didn't intend for, uh, to give the callers any answers to their problem. They can't offer forgiveness for them or restart button for them. But we know that God can offer that for us. You know, we don't need a phone line for confession. We can just confess our sins to God directly. Verse 5, David says, Then I acknowledge my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity. And I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. So as soon as David confessed his sins, God was ready to forgive him. There wasn't any delay in his response. There wasn't a guardian say to him, Hey, until you behave uh, uh, well for, for this amount of time then I will forgive you no he didn't say that uh, he, when David confessed his sin God just said I forgive you and here's the paradox you know when we try to cover our sins God will expose it but when we expose our sins God covers it 
in forgiveness. And this is where tr true joy and happiness is found. You know, our sins are remembered no more. And we can have forgiveness from God today uh, because of Jesus. You know, Jesus' sacrifice means that forgiveness is freely available for those who trust in him, for those who are in Christ Jesus. And in, in the book of 1 John, chapter 1, verse 9, uh, uh, John says this, that if we confess our sins, that God is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. You know, we can have a great assurance that Jesus is willing to forgive our sins the moment that we confess our sins to him. And he'll do it completely for, for free. And it's not because of anything we've done, but because of his grace, because of his death on the cross. You know, without a relationship with Jesus, your sins will still be counted. You know, when you're standing in front of God on that judgment day, he will say to you, you are guilty. But with Jesus, every sin that you have committed will be wiped away and remembered no more. And he will pronounce you innocent, clean. Now, how joyful and marvelous this is. How freeing this is. And how happy this is. How joyful this is that we can have our sins completely wiped clean and covered by the blood of Jesus on the cross. So confess your sins and confess your sins before it's too late. Verse 6. Therefore, let all the faithful pray to you while you may be found. Surely the rising of the mighty waters will not reach them. So David says we should confess our sins to God now because time is short. There is a time where God may be found and there is a time by implication that he may not be found. God's forgiveness will not be available forever. No day is coming where it will be too late uh, to ask God for forgiveness. And verse 6 talks about this rising of the mighty waters, and I think that's just a metaphor of God's judgment, just like the flood during Noah's time. You know, the day, and he's saying that the day of judgment will be like these mighty waters. It will be destructive. It will be unexpected. It will be sudden. And the only way to escape it is to have your sins already covered in advance. So confess your sins now and seek God's forgiveness before it's too late. And if you confess your sins, God is able to bring us from the flood of his judgment, just like how the ark protected Noah. And, and David says in verse 7, You are my hiding place. You will protect me from trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance. God will be our shield, our cover. He will protect us from his judgment. And this is the key to a joyful and happy life. And then for the rest of the psalm, uh, verse 8 to 11, they're just a summary of what David had just said. And the point really is, don't be stubborn with your sins. Stop hanging on to your, to, to your sins. Stop playing around with it. Stop messing with it. He says in verse 9, Do not be like the horse or the mule, which have no understanding, but must be controlled by bit and bridle, or they will not come to you. 
You see, the thing with the horse and the mule is that they, they can't be reasoned with. Uh, you can't just tell them to go here, uh, to go there. You need to put bit and bridle in order to direct them, to force them to do something. And David says, hey, we shouldn't be like this with God. Uh, we should be quick to confess our sins. And you know, sometimes I hear people say to me, you know, I feel distant from God. I don't feel a presence of God in my life. And I don't feel joyful. And I understand there can be a lot of factors that contribute to this, but I think, you know, one of the, one of the main factors is that we have unconfessed sins in our lives. And that can lead to a long period of dryness in our relationship with God. And verse 10 should be a motivation for us to confess our sins. Many are the woes of the wicked, but the Lord's unveiling love surrounds the one who trusts in him. So David says, we know what happens. We know what happens to those who don't seek God's forgiveness. They end up being rejected by God. They end up being unhappy and joyless. But those who trust in him and those who seek his forgiveness... They will enjoy a restored relationship with God. They will be surrounded by God's love. And so, we who are in Jesus, we who are in Christ, we should be like verse 11. Rejoice in the Lord and be glad, you righteous. Sing, oh, you are, are, are upright in heart. You know, do you wake up each day? Do you wake up each morning praising God for the fact that, that your sins are completely forgiven? Do you sing songs in your heart, rejoicing in God for the fact that, that your sins are remembered no more? Now, you may be listening or watching uh, to this, and you don't call yourself a Christian. You never sought God's forgiveness. Your conscience, as you know it, is not clean. Never, you've never owned out to your wrongdoings, to the things that you've done in the past. You've been living in guilt and shame. Well, can I urge you now to seek God's forgiveness? Admit that you're a sinner. And believe that Jesus died for your sins. And confess Jesus as your Lord and Savior. If this is you, if this is you, uh, can I encourage you to, to let us know? You now fill in the response form on the link so we can celebrate this joy, this joy of forgiveness with you. And I'd like to do that with you together. But most of us who are watching, we, are, we probably do call ourselves Christians. And this psalm is also applicable for us. It's telling us to not stop confessing our sins. And I'm not saying that there's a gap in what Jesus has done for us on the cross. It's not like if we don't confess our sins uh, every minute, every moment, and then when Jesus comes back, if there's a sin that we haven't confessed to him, that we still be judged for that. That's not what I'm saying. If you trust in Jesus, if you trust in Jesus, you are perfect and blameless in God's sight, even in your most sinful moments, because of what Jesus has done on the cross. But think of our confession this way. You know, imagine a husband and wife, you know, they had an argument one day and then just stopped talking to one another. But just because they had an argument, just because they stopped talking to each other, doesn't mean that they stopped becoming husband and wife, right? But it does mean that there is a barrier to their relationship. And really, it's only when they start owning out to their sins, when they start confessing their sins, 
That's when they can move forward with their relationship. That's when they can grow in their relationship. And I think it's the same with us and God. You know, when we have sinned, we don't stop becoming a child of God. But there is a barrier to our relationship with God, to experience that joy and of forgiveness that we have in Christ. So when we confess our sins to God, um, it is an expression of our trust in what Jesus has done for us in order for us to have this forgiveness. And it removes that barrier for joy. So can I encourage you to practice your confession each day? Confess your sins to God. But also, can I encourage you to confess your sins to others? You know, whether it's a trusted brother or sisters in Christ, whether it's a pastor, or you can come and talk to me if you want to, or, or a counselor. Because I think that, you know, often confessing our sins to others, it will help you to just expose and get rid of that stubborn sins and be able to grow from, uh, grow to be more Christ-like. And it's often also a powerful thing uh, to hear that you are forgiven in Christ from others, to be reminded that your sins are fully covered by Christ. So is there something to be joyful about during this time? Yes, there is. We can be joyful because of God's forgiveness. And joy comes from not covering our sins, but it comes from letting God cover our sins. How happy are those who have their sins forgiven? Let me pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for Jesus because of him that we can have our sins forgiven, that because of him that we can now experience this true joy and happiness in you. So Lord, uh, please help us each day to continue to come to you uh, with confession and also with trust in what Jesus has done for us on the cross, knowing that we are fully blameless and holy in your sight. And so help us to be holy, help us to be like Jesus each day. Help us to sing songs to you, help us to rejoice in you. In Jesus' name, amen.